I've had people who I've done outreach to who, who I told them, who, who told me, stop messaging me, get me off your list, right? And then I accidentally put them back in the sequence, like let's say, let's say through LinkedIn. Jeremy Miner has really good stuff on, he think he calls it any PQ uh, equation. So he, he's very big on tonality and uh, micro expressions, right? So you could be like, you could be like saying something with your hand on your heart, like very intensely and someone like takes it as you care. But if you're like this, you know what I'm saying? Like there's all those little things that add up because our brains process, our reptilian brain processes tone before it does words. And so you're right. pretty cool. I heard that. I heard um, your what you say is only reflects, or at least the person receives only like twenty percent of it. But your tone, your expression, uh, they take in more than like sixty percent of everything else. Your body language, so I can see how that that plays a huge part, especially in this digital world, because you don't you don't see what's going on with your hands as much, or use your body, your feet. I actually learned a new one. Um, when you're talking to someone and you're having a conversation with them and if their feet are pointed toward you, they're in the conversation. They're in, mm. ingrained in it. But if one foot is at you and one is toward an exit, like away from you, they want to leave. Their, their body language is saying, I want to get out of, step out of this conversation. You know what I mean? So sometimes their body, their body says a lot. Right. And we don't get that. Super interesting. And it may or may not even be you or the conversation, something else swirling in their mind. Right. And they're just distressed, you know, that's so, but it's just an interesting point. Right. It's like people will think, um, they'll think it's just the prospect or something like that. But it's like what prospect wakes up and says, Hmm, that call I have with a sales rep later, if he really pushes me on that third question, I think I'm going to just, you know, I think some people I might snap do. on him. I, <laughs> I, I might, I might just that. hang up on him. Yeah, they might, they might, but, but it's usually like an instant, yeah. it's an instant reaction because we trigger something. That's so but. true. And my wife does that, right? Like, um, if I'm talking about something and I know I got her sold, she's sold, sold, sold. And I say something that doesn't align with her and her reaction is, you know, like she just hit her eyes squint. Like, and I found out, I found out that that meant like, you're trying to block visually what you're seeing, what you're feeling, and you're trying to block it out, right? So you're like, in a way, it's um, it's not aligned to you. You don't like it. I had one too. I per I feel I'm self aware enough to notice what what um, reactions I'm doing um, as I'm like my face reaction. And I remember one day I was talking to myself, um, and I was saying I was like uh, doing I forgot what I was doing exactly, but I thought of um, I thought of someone who reached out and I told myself I'm not gonna respond to them like I don't care, and my my lip did this thing where it like it just flicked and I was like what is that right and I looked it up I googled it and it's a sign of contempt right like you don't like what you did and I'm like because I'm not first one for brushing someone off. Right, but I would have never known that that came up. You know what I mean? Which is so an interesting, interesting point of view. Like I love, I love how like your body says a lot more than what you're actually thinking. It'll tell you. So your little one in the background, so cute. <laughs> oh, you're on mute. I literally clicked on mute. Right, this is real life. <laughs> Ch- child walking in, 
you know, but at least we got the coffee. Exactly. Um, shout out to Daniel. Are you on like the craft coffee? We we haven't had this discussion this no. long in our friendship. Actually, you know. Um, Real quick side note: We like, have, and you forgot, so that 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 hurts a lot more. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I I started. <laughs> oh, look at the fucking language. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good. One. Okay, that, I, now the guard is down. Um, right, that's the whole goal. <laughs> for me, I like iced coffee. Now we go through phases, my wife and I. So it's like, yeah, we, we put it over ice, put some of that creamer. I realized it gets hot, man. You're out, you're out there in the in the heat. I realized I don't like coffee as much as I do creamer. Oh uh, yeah, you're a little little bit of coffee with your creamer. Yeah, guy. caffeinate little, my cream. I, more, yeah, coffee with my creamer. Caffeine cream. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, this is uh this is from Portrait Coffee in ATL. It's like one of, become one of my favorite roasters. But it's a little light roast Rwanda blend. I really like them. They're pretty awesome. You know, you you hear like the neuroscientists or like you know or like people who are like anti caffeine, anti coffee, and make you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. And then you listen to a guy that's you know one meal a day and drinks ten to fifteen cups of coffee, and he's and you're like, oh, I feel better about myself. Hey, yeah. See, <laughs> that's that's been me this week. You know, I'm like a two. Maybe three a day. I'll see. Oh, three a day. Okay. Maybe, okay. maybe. Just on those days, you is, know. Is that why you're outperforming in these cell systems? Right? I, see I try. Building, you know, 1% better. 1% you're better. building a lot. And I think that I'm excited to, to just talk about that because the coffee is reflecting what you're building and it's been it's being used. And I love it. Right. So I wanna I wanna see I wanna see how coffee's changed your life. Right? I had, have a neighbor of mine who um drinks beer every day. Like we're talking about like uh, a six pack a day minimum, right? And he lost, he, after that journey for so long, he ended up losing 30 pounds. He's like, what's going on? And and then he realized it's because he switched his beer from Bud Light to, um, uh, what was it? Is that that one? I forgot what beer. Yeah, Ultra. And he lost a bunch of weight. And I'm like, it's funny because like one switch in what you're doing can, can make all the difference in your case coffee makes the difference for your build mode so true i just yeah, i just love the taste i love good high quality coffee but yeah i like where this conversation's been um because we're talking about sales messaging we've been talking a lot about that right just even you know you know platforming you know what's the what's the model you call it promotions and motions yes right so how do you create that uh how do you create traffic into a, a platform into a funnel um, and then nurture the leads. But I really feel like um, what we've been working on, right? And what we talk a lot about turning lead flow into cash flow, but everybody, not everybody, but for the most part, it's usually people struggle with a lead flow problem starting out to actually have leads to improve the follow up on, right? And so, you know, we've been building behind the scenes a lot on the outbound prospecting side of things. Um, and to recap, there's really only six ways to acquire a customer, right? Alex Formosi would say this. There's ads, there's content, there's your own email marketing list, there's prospecting, there's affiliates, and there's referrals. And so most people, a lot of people will hinge their business on ads, and you can see, okay, one of six, that's a wobble, that's like a pogo stick instead of a solid chair. Um, so we talk a lot about multi-channel, uh, multi-methods, and uh, prospecting if you're a B2B, especially if you're a B2B, right? So if you're a business, targeting other businesses, um, there's a lot you can do with a little. So do you want to talk about any of that, or where do you want to land the plane here today? Uh, my son just came in too, so <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. That's it, all right. <laughs> Guest speaker. <laughs> um, you know what? I I really am open to wherever you want to take this because 
I feel like the lowest, the lowest um, hanging fruit is your outreach, right? I remember I've noticed that if I can pump up my numbers in terms of how many people are on the top of the funnel, more likely to, to have conversations. I think I even spoke about that at one point recently. Um, Dana Derricks explains that, hey, he's paying thousands of dollars for one picture with the pyramid, right? And in this mastermind training, they explain that at the top of the pyramid, 3% of the people you do outreach to are ready to buy right now, right? And then the next 7% on the second stage of that, um, of that pyramid are people who are willing to buy in the next 14 days, right? So he says, hey, the game is in your favor. If you can reach out to a lot of people, about 10% of them will be ready to buy in the next 14 days or so, or the need will be expressed, right? And I'm like, prospecting is the lowest hanging fruit it's something that we're doing actively there's things that we can bring to the table so maybe we can start there and then start showing how we can move that into the content side like you mentioned putting them on your list right so i think that's a good segue to a lot of different um conversations something you can start right now totally totally yeah and real quickly what do you say from your perspective what holds a lot of people back from from going that route either either pursuing outbound or um for sticking or to stick with it oh man i think i think first of all the hardest thing is like where do you get the leads from Mm -hmm. that's a hard one like who do i reach out to who do i put on top of the funnel like how do i narrow it down how do i scrape this information where it's valid right so like it's a lot of technical things i feel like stops people right maybe your email list oh it's not warmed up you start to hear these jargon like oh you should warm up your email for the next four days how do i do that right how do i connect mm-hmm. the smtp server to, to my yes. email like it's just the tech can get in the way real quick that's a really big one um and then after that when that happens you're like well i've never done outreach before so how do i get someone to convert from my first message to close like that's a so it's a lot of little a little um false beliefs that you can hold yourself back. But at the end of the day, it comes back to that story that we talked about. If you're out there knocking on doors, they'll open one or two may open, maybe even one. I've had doors slam on me like crazy. So, but once you start to realize what's slamming these doors, you know how to pivot. Yep. I think fear of rejection is a big one, right? We all have that kind of hesitancy and, you know, don't want to come across as salesy and some people are going to get that trigger where they can't have that emotion conveyed on a, a LinkedIn message or an email, right? You can't convey fully tonality, right? You can only do so much with, I mean, you can add in creative things. We know with video and and audio messages, but it, it does become a little bit more of a numbers game. But how do you add personal touches and that uh, Daniel Flowers humor flair, you know, on there? So um, I think I think you mix in some conviction what what you have to offer and how, you know, you can get people results. And then if what I've been learning is sales is a skill. It's not just a numbers game. It's a skill, especially when it comes time to conversation, messaging. How do you navigate? How do you uh, help people put their guard down? And, I, and we're both still learning that, but it's it's exciting because that persuasion with with a good heart and good motive applies to all areas of life. And so if you can like, dude, if you can win it in business, win at it in business, how much more motivating is that to help influence people in life for the better and help them move towards towards something that they need? So true, man. I love that because um, we talked about this before. It's like a game, right? You can put odds in your favor. There's ways to improve your odds of closing someone, right? Like when doing outreach, 
it's like that story I always hear or I've heard before where if you were to walk in the bar right now um, and you talk to the bartender and you're having a good time with them and as you're chuckling, having a good, you know, laughing along, a woman comes in, right? Let's say you're a man sitting in the seat. A woman comes in and you're like, whoa, she's really pretty. And you ask the bartender, who is that lady, right? And the first thing the bartender says is stay away. That woman is crazy. Do not talk to her at all, right? Like she will bite your head off. And then she sits next to you. How would that conversation play out as soon as you, as soon as she sits next to you? Right. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. imagine mm-hmm. he says, oh man, that's, that's, um, I don't know, Maria, right? She's so outgoing. Like by far, she's a hero. You would love hanging out with her. She's actually started a, non- a nonprofit and saved and found homes for thousands of kids. Spe- definitely spend time talking to her. And then she sits next to you. How does that conversation play out? Right. So knowing how to pre-frame, right? It's a little story in the pre-frame. That's enough to, to win a lot of prospecting. You can get a, a, a referral to do a shout out for you. Fastest way to get close deals. We've seen that thousands of times. Well, I don't say hundreds, but still a lot of a lot times. referrals are so powerful. Seriously. It's actually something I've, I've played with a little bit. And I think is is powerful if you have the right person and it's, and, you know, it things align where someone was willing to, to hop in and help you out with like, taking more of that referral, hey, you should talk to this person route, even from a from an outbound, like they don't have that relationship yet, but you're saying like, hey, I'm kind of in this world too. I guess it's kind of Dream 100-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you should talk to that person. And people are like, oh yeah, thanks for pointing that person to me. And then next thing you know, it's like this quicker bridge of trust that was kind of created just from someone wanting to connect them versus hey, like talking so to me directly. So and yeah, you can build that pretty quickly. You can you, yeah. you can let that be a priority. If you said, okay, I looked at all my players who are at the same level as me. Let's say I have three thousand followers. They have three thousand, and they have an offer that's complementary to mine. Let your first level of outreach be to them to warm them up. Right? You're like, hey, you know, I love what you're doing. I'm doing something similar. Just letting you know, keep doing what you're doing because it's helping. It's inspired me to keep going because I know that it's you know believable. That's enough to drop um, reciprocity, right? It drops liking, right? And then you can add to that, what is what is it, authority? Like, hey, yeah, I've worked with someone else in this space who's doing this. You can pay for that if you wanted to. Yeah, I worked with, with um, Dana Derricks or, um, and he said, this is how he started. So just letting you know, keep going. Um, and you make them feel better. And then before you know it, three messages into it, you can say, hey, I'm, I'm working on this launch. I would love to be able to work with you if you're open to it, uh, like sharing leads, like kind of building a strategic alliance. And I'll tell you right now, reach out to 100 of them. You're going to find at least 40% of them that say, yeah, I'm down to share leads. And that's enough to close way more deals. You start sharing each other, shouting each other out. Sharing the burden of, of, of marketing. And again, I think it's result plus intention, right? I think the, so, the reason so many people are triggered by sales and things someone wants to sell them is the the distrust that we now live in in a noisy world and, and a lot of people are they just want your money a lot of people are like that so how do you how do you convey that and that's something you have to dig deep and make sure you check on on a regular basis right so i think that's just always something to keep front of mind and we're trying to keep front of mind you know seriously seriously and i feel like um uh if we're gonna you know getting into that using i would say if when someone's starting into and I, i'm sure you have a, a diagram they can highlight here but in terms of like um, like doing outbound and like prospecting, a lot of the times um, I would the one key takeaway I would use 
to um, make a big difference in your prospecting game is starting with like learning how to master headlines, right? Um, knowing how to, and there's a lot of like formulas that you can use to, to get this down. Like I know I've had strong converting emails by just focusing on the, on the subject line to get more open rates. Like, like after a while, Those like the boring ones too. Quick request in lowercase. Yeah, I like the boring that. ones. Those work really good. You know, yeah. I, the one that hurts me though was the re like regarding with a colon. That yeah, or the, like okay. respond to make it look like it's already a thread. That yeah, you, but that yeah. hurts. I that that feels like malicious or like um. It feels like a lie, like manipulative. Mm-hmm. So I avoid mm-hmm. that. I've had that. So it's like the it's like the fine lines of like sent from iPhone. You put that in an automation. It's like that's a good one. Not, that, it I, is a good one. Yeah, because it seems like yeah, anything to make it look real. But you know what I mean? It's it's we're always trying to make sure you know you're on the ethical lines. Exactly. And there's a lot of and I'm realizing that okay, your headlines is the beginning of everything, right? Like, yeah. um And that that opens up. You know, it opens up um, your prospecting efforts a lot more because they're not going to read your message. You can reach out to a thousand people, and no one opens it. There's no point in reaching out to a thousand people. So, like, and when it comes to prospecting, uh, knowing your audience first of all, the problems, their questions, the roadblocks, and results, and you can reference that in your outbound messaging, having a good headline, like that's going to pull them regarding their problems. Like, for example, that when I talked about. Um, um, like when I told you, I don't think I said this, shared the story, but when I was getting insurance, um, right when I was getting insurance, it was time, op- open enrollment. You got to get it, right? I'm already busy with so many clients doing so much work, but I know deadline's coming up. So my eyes and ears are perked for this problem, right? Problem is I need to get signed up and my deadline's coming up. The roadblock in front of me is I have no time. Where do I go? And then as I'm throughout my day, um, during my work day, an email popped up um, and it said um, to, to sign up already, right? And I'm thinking that's one of the, the insurance I was supposed to work with. I was supposed to work with, you know, I'm letting you know what's going to happen. Um, and I ended up booking the time, I ended up paying uh, and getting signed up. And it was like $800. And I'm like, dang, that's a lot. That's a lot of money for insurance. Come to realize that wasn't the provider I was supposed to work with. You told me it's like what three hundred bucks for the person I was supposed to work with, and I'm like, dang it! Like they caught me in that, that their prospecting efforts caught me in a time where I was prime, and it pulled me in. It took me to the end, and I'm a little bummed about it, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't canceled. All right, it's like that. Your headlines make a big difference. It, it hits them at the right moment. I've had people who I done outreach to who, who I told them. Who told me, stop messaging me, get me off your list, right? And then I accidentally put them back in a sequence, like let's say, let's say to LinkedIn. And they're the nicest, like two months later, we're on a first name basis. Like we're the nicest people. We're talking about our kids. We're talking about how their daughter just got married. They just went to Cancun, like whatever the case. And I'm like, whoa, like if you saw yeah, it's the crazy. message you sent me. Yeah, I literally just just the other day it was a message literally nothing about it sniffed pitchy like nothing was a nothing was a, a pitch slap at all and they're like oh didn't know this was going to be a sales pitch I, was, <laughs> I had to laugh at that one it's like it was just proof like it's it's not a you never know what you're going to get like just with someone's timing but that was just a great point it was kind of made me think of that yeah timing is everything timing 
you know, that's why some successful people like, for example, um, companies like, uh, like, I don't know if you've heard the story of Barbie, like how they got started. Um, but um, the, so the owner there noticed that, hey, my daughter, Barbara, is playing with dolls, but they're baby dolls, but she's dressing them up as adults. Do you hear popping too? Is that popping or is that just me? Oh, I just got, you know, madness of family behind me. Oh, no, no. My, my mic sucks. Um, I got a mighty mic. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> don't say it. Say it. I won't say it. I'll hold my tongue. Okay, get him in the no, comments. Everybody, tell him to get a new mic. <laughs> yeah, get a new mic. No, for real. <laughs> I do get a new mic. But in this in this scenario, um, the, the the person who invented um, Barbie noticed that her daughter Barbara was playing with Barbie dolls or at least baby dolls, and but pretending they're adults and putting clothes on them, like with paper. And she says, "Oh, well, I'm going to create an adult version of this um, because it's not in the market." And everyone hated the idea. Like everyone, her husband was even in the um, in the toy company that he started or co-founded. And he said, "That's a dumb idea." until they traveled abroad and saw that someone else was doing it and said, I gotta do this. This is right. And it just took off because the kids wanted it. The timing was right. They were tired of little kid baby dolls and it just hit. And a lot of the times your timing and your outreach, they may be, you know, it makes a big difference. Um, what, what may be working one year can very well work better the next year or the opposite. Yeah. And putting yourself in the shoes of like, if I got this message, which is also a tough one, because I don't like falling into the fallacy. Well, I don't like that. So it wouldn't work. I see that a lot of times or like, you know, people hesitate to do something because they they don't want to offend a single person when it's, you know, it's bound to happen. But yeah, do that. They, they, they had to put themselves in the, the kids back in their kid, kid mind to understand, like, clearly the kids want this. That's a good one. I think alongside this, I would love to share a slide to kind of show the common the common bottlenecks here, and uh, maybe we can share a little bit of strategy tactics to start these conversations. I think that'd be great. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Let's just dump in, get practical. Um, I'm sharing yeah, my screen here. All right, can you see my screen, Daniel? It's loading Looking up. Good. Uh, there we go. Now it works. All right. So big picture. Well, what we've been talking about is a lot of, you know, six ways to acquire a customer. Another way to simplify marketing, you hear inbound, outbound. You know, I take for granted there's still plenty of people that don't don't know what that means specifically. Um, but inbound is people find you more organically, meaning through your content, uh, referrals, um, those types of channels. And then outbound would be more uh, prospecting, right? You're reaching out, you... Uh, it can be more pattern interrupting. That's why I think, you know, ads can be sit considered outbound. Some people call it inbound. But if you pop in front of someone's Facebook feed when they're not even looking for a solution, that seems like outbound to me. Would you agree, Daniel? I agree because they weren't they weren't looking for that. Like the need wasn't there. Your face just, just how happens to come in front of me. So that is exactly. kind of like a cold call. Yeah. So you got inbound leads ideally coming in, right? And you're engaging those leads. And then on the other pillar, you got uh, you can either go the, the account route, so you're targeting companies, or you're targeting specific type of uh, prospects. You can do prospect first approach, um, and then you reach out to those and engage those accounts slash prospects. And both of those are culminating, right? So you don't want a pogo stick. You have a sturdy chair. Um, they come into uh, sales qualified leads, um, is all that means, into a sales opportunity, right? So they qu become qualified. 
hop into an opportunity, turn them into uh, a client that you impact. So lead flow into cash flow, right? You can kind of see the sideways funnel here. Um, but something we we look at really is is uh, the problem with most B2B businesses comes down to these two levers of acquisition and fulfillment. And, you know, like we say, it, it'd be great if your problem is uh, fulfillment because you have too much sales coming in, right? Dan, you had a story last week of that. Um, but oftentimes we, you know, we got to get a we gotta get more acquisition so that we can fill the fulfillment pipeline and, and grow the company. And so client acquisition comes down to struggling to not get enough qualified appointments. A lot of times if you're a service-based business or uh, if, if appointments are part of your sales process, right? And so this is usually a multi-dimensional problem that we've been talking a lot about these, these things individually, right? Poor offer, poor messaging copy, the headline, right? You're not, you're not speaking to the problem. Niche hopping, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not solidified, uh, who your ideal customer profile is, and you're you're bouncing around trying to figure it out. Lack of systems, right? The tech gets in the way. You don't have you don't have the machine. Uh, low volume, so you're not you're you're not uh, reaching enough people because there is a number side of this. And then inconsistent inputs, so right? You maybe you turn it off, turn it on. Um, you don't really stick with it. Um, content's really hard to to be consistent with, right? So, really being consistency. I've always heard distribution and discipline equals uh, freedom in business. Um, discipline in life, distribution, like, you know, channels and business. I've always liked that. So if you can keep working on both of those at the same time, you're going to get great client acquisition. And if they're coming into a great uh, machine, a great engine, then your your uh, follow-up can be on point and you have visibility. People don't fall through the cracks, right? We talk about building sales bridges, value bridges so that people don't fall through the cracks. So we won't get into fulfillment too much here. I just really wanted to hit on these uh, these problems. And Daniel, if you want to speak into any of those, feel free to hop in. No, that's a, I, I love that. that. That's a really big one because um, what's that saying? It says a confused mind or could, uh, for any customer, confused mind always enters no, right? So if you were to reach out to someone, let's say, for example, poor messaging, you know, like, hey, I, I do all of this information or like, hey, if they don't know exactly what you're about, that that that's like the first that's all of it in one, in pretty much one, one answer. Because a poor offer, that means that you don't have, that you're confusing them. They're like, what do you even sell? Right? Or like a poor messaging, it doesn't reflect the offer. Like, I'm still confused on what do you do? Right? And niche hopping, it caused more confusion. Like, weren't you in fitness the other day? Right? A lack of systems. Like, hey, I was supposed to follow up with you. And, you know, I, I messed up in terms of following up. And now it's like, what do you do? Like, it's a, there's a lot of ways to to push the, the customer away without knowing it. And that's the problem. Like you, and that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Cause at the end of the day, if you imagine how that person felt in that moment, right in that moment, it makes a bigger difference. Right. So if you knew that you had a system that allowed them to feel, feel like I'm the only person stepping into this building altogether, right. It makes them feel like, Oh wow. Like, okay. I am heard. Um, this is for me, and now they start to justify mentally why I why I purchase. Right, a lot of the times when a person, from what I heard from Steve Robinson, when you buy, from, when someone buys, they buy with the side of the brain that's emotion. Right, oh, I needed this, I need this because this reason, or there was a sale, and then after they purchase, they justify their decision. Yes, right, based yes. on what they, and now you, we are good at remember, justifying. Yeah, and you have to remember why did I do it? Oh. Oh, it's because of the sale or mm -hmm. oh, it's because it was fixing the problem I had. But if they're confused as to why I purchased and they're like, you know what? This isn't justified. Let me go and return. 
and now you're returning the offer and now it's like refunds are high. So when you don't have a poor, when you don't have a, a clear, crystal clear offer and a poor messaging and you know you're the king of this niche, they're like, oh, I'm working with this guy because he's the category king of this industry. He knows what he's talking about. And that's enough to keep someone in. Right? I want to be around this guy or this gal. All right. So yes, it's really good. And why do people not buy or regret? It's because the perceived risk, right? So we go back to offer $100 million offer, $100 million offers. Everybody needs to read that book. You want to increase the perceived likelihood of success or the perceived value and the likelihood of success and lower the amount of effort and time it takes. But when all of those start to go the opposite ways, um, where it becomes more perceived that way, even after purchase, that's where regret or lack of, which means, you know, either your offer or the way you communicate the offer may be off. And what is a sales funnel? It's automating the delivery of, of an effective offer, product market fit, and a message, uh, problem market fit. Exactly. And it's funny, like, a lot of the times, um, I was going to say something you said right now, but I totally missed the mark. Um, yeah. But no, I, I agree with that 100%. Like, when, when they're, when you get it down, it, it just, it makes it easier for you knowing that, hey, I put all the pieces together that create a certainty. And when you do outreach, certainty sales, right? That's what Tony Robbins says, you know, the, the person who will walk away with the sign, you know, winning or who was sold is the one who's most certain. Right? And if I know, right, if I know that I can make a difference in your life with my, with my solution, then I won't let you leave, right? I, it, it's, um, Russell Brunson also says, it's a more obligation for me to give you this because I know it'll make you feel better. It just so it and when you have that, it outbound is so much easier. Right? You start like I know I have a tool. Here's all the testimonials. Here's the stories. Here's what I've seen. I've seen the light on the other side of the tunnel. And I want to bring you there. And when you're talking to them in that way, I've had people where I where I've done a, a video recording speaking in that way with intention and just and they're like, dude, whatever you're about, you know, I'm I'm with it. They, they've told me that because I'm like, I'm in it. I'm like, conviction. I know why conviction, it, it yep. hits him. It, it's like that tone, right? It, we just spoke about that. And so. Yeah. It's like when you're attached and you need the sale, it's like that whole thing too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and some of it can be, you can be in a, you know, just really trying to scrape it together, but just got to fight to, to, to live in there, that spot, that sweet spot. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we can definitely get into the details of, of how we can pull that person in from the inbound and outbound, right? With client acquisition. Like one example of mine, which is my favorite, is when you have a piece of content, right? That talks about, like we said, the problems, questions, roadblocks, or results of your customer. In this case, let's say there's a headline that says, the one mistake you're making when when applying for a, a account executive position, right? And speaking, speaking to them, they know, okay, what's that problem? I'm making mistakes, right? When it's when they see that and they, they opt into that piece of content you share with them, one good way to take that to a call is once they opt in for it, you give it to them, you call them and confirm, hey, did you receive that product? Because I know the internet is a pretty big place. Right? I, I want to make sure you didn't make a wrong turn. Okay, perfect. Well, my, my, mind you, we have like well over 20 hours of content that we can share with you. That's all related to avoiding mistakes as an account executive. You mind if I share a couple of those your way along with this one? Oh yeah, sure. Well, I want to make sure I don't give you the wrong piece of information. So you mind if I ask a couple of questions to make sure I'm keeping as tailored to you? It'll take like two minutes. Oh, sure. And now you, 
now you just ask permission to triage them or qualify them, ask them about what they've done, how much you're making, what's the pain. And now you can, you've just qualified them and you can transition yeah. them to a solution. And that's when it comes down to having, you know, your offer, my offer is I help account executives get land high level roles. My messaging is speaking to your problem. You know, it, it just all fits. And if you have that down, they tend, they resonate with that. They feel that, and that can fit in inbound and outbound inbound. You know, I, I put it on a post and I get a guest post about that blog and now people are reaching out to me or I, I put on an ad and say, Hey, get this white paper. So there's the, that's, that's like the secret formula right there. That's a writer downer, the two-step approach. I was just thinking about that. It's what I was thinking today. It's like, you know, when you infuse sales with value, empathy, conviction, like I think you can wrap empathy and conviction together. Is that like service, like that care and service? Dude, that's powerful. Like, you know, I mean, give away the boat and sell the motor. Like, you know, when the time comes, like when they, people need help saving time and, you know, being more efficient. You got to share that story. With, yeah. Do you remember you know that story? The, Which one? About the selling the boat and buying the motor. Yeah. Did we do that on the, I don't know. we did do that on one of the earlier episodes. It never grows explain? old though. Okay. I just want to yeah. make sure that like, that's yeah. a, it, it fits so well with we'll how this system works. Yes. It's like it, the story that wraps the whole idea. Right. That's the, in that, in that whole, yeah, it just, it fits perfectly. So if you don't know it, then this is a yeah. call out to the other episode. Right? Yeah. Come <laughs> on, go check it out. Check the archives. <laughs> the Be about the people. Be about the people. That's the, that's exactly. one of the biggest lessons there. Exactly. All right, let's move on just real quick here. So what does it look like to leverage a multi-channel automation system? Like, so automation, I just threw that word in, right? But we want to leverage automation, but we want to be, have the personal touch. We want to have, it's, this isn't, yeah, it's great when you have a sales funnel that's like inbound leads are coming in and it's fully automated and can sell itself. But if we're talking outbound here, it's going to be some automation, but also, you know, manually picking up the phone, manually responding to, um, to have that real human conversation. So what we like to do is combine four, four channels here, right? So LinkedIn uh, and, and help and scale that and save time by using automation there. Um, really, there's automation involved in all of these, but LinkedIn into both the SMS and phone call and email, right? And so that's where LinkedIn will come into a sales engine where the follow-up will continue on those three channels. Um, yeah, so we'll s stop there if you have anything, Daniel, but I uh, don't want to get too nitty-gritty on those channels. That's kind of the main ingredients we want to talk about, though. No, I, I think that just adds the impressions, right? Like, hey, I, yep. I reach out to you. I'm bringing a different, a, a birth, different medium to let you know that, hey, I, I'm following you. So and not in a stalker sense, but like, I don't want to I want to support you, right? So I like exactly, it. exactly. And so this is—we're not going to jump into this, but this is what a machine looks like from a process flow standpoint, right? So like we're talking why, what, how. You know, the the strategy is the what. The strategy is how, like the the what uh, an outbound machine looks like, and then the the tactics is the how, and it's like getting the actual procedures processes down. And when you can get this really flowing and just put the right people and the right message into it, I think that's that's what it's a machine that works for you to where you can then work in your sweet spot and work the sales and move from there. So that's what our whole vision was with it. Um, so what what can this look like from a LinkedIn first approach, right? Because LinkedIn, you don't have to wait for the, you don't worry about inbox delivery. You don't have to worry about the waiting for uh, email warmups, that whole, it's, it's, it's less technical from that standpoint. So what if you had a way to load ideal customers, prospects into uh, a LinkedIn campaign where it has a great conversational but gets direct 
quick enough in the messaging uh, with your offer and starts conversations every single day for you. Um, and then all of those feed into an engine, a visible pipeline, where they will also start getting the email, the phone, the text. And at, at the point of response, you can pick up and you can see exactly how many possible opportunities you have in your pipeline. Give them a dollar value at each stage if you, know, if you want to, and you can start to see some real potential dollars in your business. Um, and that's what I just said, right? That we put them into a drip campaign, right? If, if they don't respond on LinkedIn, continue the touch points, continue the value, and uh, but space it out over a reasonable time. And ideally, you get a response, even if it's a no or a. Sometimes you can turn those, you know, the middle ground ones into a conversation as well. Exactly. Exactly. Thank so let's want... look at some possible results, or stop me and uh, if you have some thoughts there, Daniel. No, I just thought you know, I want to mention like with that the, the the system itself, it's it's catching those opportunities that fall through the cracks, right? And what that really means is that you're able to now focus on the other areas of your business like creating the content building the partnerships knowing that this is going to be able to work for you so you got that little bit level of freedom instead of being behind the computer copying pasting and sending along and all them go yes and you're not spending thousands of dollars in ads and that's what ads aren't bad when they're done at the right time and you have to yeah definitely but they you can be spending a lot of money to to get data um to get them to work um, so here's what it could look like, right? Say you just use your one LinkedIn account today. And, uh, this is the same strategy me and Daniel are applying for ourselves, but one LinkedIn account, say you're getting, now you're getting 400 connection requests per link or per week. Um, typically it's only a hundred if you just do manual plus manual time to do it on LinkedIn. And then let's say you get a low, anything above 20% we consider uh, positive. So 20% connection rate would be 80 connections. Let's just keep following that down. Say only 5% of those connected into, uh, what we call discovery calls, you know, that initial call, just to qualify them, get, get it, build a connection for those. And then let's say, you know, the other 70% that don't respond on LinkedIn, only 2%, even just 2% of those uh, respond and book off the email, phone, uh, text. That's an extra four discovery calls per week. So that's eight per week, 32 per month, if my math is right, for a four-week month. And then let's say you close uh, 25% of those into an actual sales call. That's two sales calls per week or eight per month. Um, as you can see here, 640 connections. You're building your LinkedIn audience. So if you're posting there, you literally could have 640 more people on your feed that your content's going in front of. And then I like these odds if you had 32 calls a month, right? Don't you like those those odds, Daniel, to, to get sales every single month? Without and these are low doubt. numbers, right? Without a doubt. And that's one month. So as you start to have yeah. these conversations you start to realize, oh man, I can burn through all 32 of those knowing that I found the pattern of what works, what's what they want to hear. Just like Russell Brunson's story with, with ClickFunnels, he couldn't sell after one event, two events, three events. The fourth one, he was like, it's going to tweak this wording and boom, it hit. And then he started selling like crazy after that. It's, and I think that's the beauty of it. You get to get Feedback a loop. risk-free way to figure out what the messaging is. And now you can yes. really start selling at scale. And now you can close all 32 next month once you figure yeah. it out. Quick right. increase that that percentage, right? You exactly. know, 25 to 40 or 50. And this is low, low numbers. Let's mm-hmm. say you get two new clients a month. That can be big time for people just to, yeah. you know, once you get that machine rolling and you're putting content out there alongside that. So mm-hmm. um, really, we don't have to get into all this, but we've, we've built a, what we call a scaling engine. It is our software for making this process 
very efficient and visible so that you people don't fall through the cracks and the follow-ups on point and you can not only create lead flow but create cash flow in your business so kind of one two three right here connect to scaling engine dial your messaging your your targeting like we talked about and turn on the automations and then you know join the community join support um but yeah hit us up join the community if you want to dig deeper into here but I, I think it was great for us to dig in uh into some specifics here and what it could look like seriously um russell brunson says hey that the the money's in the list right and if all this system did was build a list of qualified prospects for you would it be worth it right Ten thousand leads before you know it that you can reach out to they all remember you they know you from somewhere there's a history if all i did was that that's I would think it's worth it, right? If all it did was, you know, help your salesperson, if not you, figure out what the messaging is and now you can run with that forever right? and close more deals, I think that'll be worth it as well, right? So it really sets you up for success once you have something that's humming versus the manual effort of you doing it yourself. Because if you do it yourself, a lot of things are going to fall through the crack. And that, like I mentioned, what it means to you is you have that freedom to go upstairs and play with the kids who are screaming and laughing, right? And you know that this messaging thing is sent. When you come back, there's seven different email or text message responses. And they have another opportunity to try to book them on a call, right? And so it's, it's working for you as you're, as you're using the other time to handle what's most important to you. Absolutely. I mean, we have a heart for uh, people who are lean and mean. Not everybody has a, a sales team and, you know, appointment setters. Um, you got to be scrappy with it and do a lot with a little. So we love helping people do a lot with a little. And uh, you can do another cool use case is if you're trying to start a podcast, people love the perceived authority to be on your podcast. This could be Dream 100 route and uh, use it to invite people onto your podcast and, and load a campaign of, of people you would love to chat with and, and drive value to your to your audience. And if you don't feel qualified to speak, like you're bringing people with a lot of stories and, and experience and expertise and they can share to your audience and feel great content. So then inbound and outbound, it can feed your inbound, right? So it's just really cool how this can be such a pillar piece to just, to just drive activity in your business. That reminds me of impact theory. Remember that, that um, how his channel, yes. he just interviews smart minds. Now he became an authority because he was associated with them, right? Oh, you've, you've interviewed Tony Robbins? What? You must be awesome, right? So yeah, that, that's a good He's literally point. getting smarter and he's asking those, 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 uh, selfish curious questions that you don't typically hear in interviews because he's just deep diving and he's asking the questions that we would all ask if we're not like have business in mind like we're just like exactly. we want to learn and, and from this person to help ourselves grow exactly i love that yeah, i like so that this, idea this puts it all together and make it easy for the inbound and the outbound so i'm glad we highlighted some of that of course we're sharing stories and experiences and layouts and frameworks that fuel this but this is the thing that keeps it all together right because when you start to get the promotions emotions people down to your funnel, this is what catches them at the top, right? Even if, it, yep. if that was all like more inbound, but for outbound, this fits in that sense. We're going to be able to apply this inbound. We'll show it, but, Absolutely. but this this is- More right. visuals to come. More visuals, more examples. Yeah. There's a link in the, in the description, wherever you're watching or listening to hop into the community, ask some questions. We're going to be sharing more deeper dive into this. Um, would love to have you in there Without and uh, start to start to learn- quick and easy ways to start uh, tapping in and driving more activity and growth and impact into your business. Seriously. So I think we, we can call that one a wrap. So that way they can wrap their mind around what was just said. Right? Great combo. You want to do a little recap? Yeah. Do a little recap here? Uh, yeah. You want to take that away? You want me to do that? Yeah. I mean, we started with 
sales messaging in general, right? The, the importance of making someone, helping drop people's guard down, uh, using tone, and we're talking actual sales calls, but like we keep coming back to messaging because it's important. People need to feel understood um, and they need to be, feel, they need to feel uh, that what you have for them is worth more than the perceived risk that they may have experienced in the past. Um, so then from there we went to, okay, talk about all the ways we can acquire a customer like we've been talking about into a funnel, but what's the quickest way to get a feedback loop, test messaging, um, and drive leads and uh, revenue and, and appointments in your business? It's usually that outbound prospecting, and it can be way, it can work for you way more than, than some people think or have had experience with so far. And then what would you add to that? Man, and, and keeping it all together, right? What we yeah. talked about is like, hey, you can get someone to raise their hand. We even highlighted how to get them to raise their hand to then to then walk into a situation where you can ask them qualifying questions, lead them to the end, right? But it's at that point where you have to make sure you're organized in a way where, hey, I know where you're at in your, in your journey. My messaging fits you in this scenario. And knowing you have a, a tool that can keep it all together I think that's the power of it. You even highlighted somehow how LinkedIn could be the tool to get these free leads continuously, right? And I think that's going to be yep. um, something that anyone can apply because LinkedIn's open to them. YouTube, you got a lot of resources in front of you that can lead them back to the top of the funnel. But what's most important mm-hmm. is bringing them in, having a way to touch that person in different ways that's going to let them, you know, lead them to that end result. Right? Yes, yes. Consolidate the complicated technology automate the process, generate sales opportunities, and do your thing to apply great uh, conviction-driven, empathetic uh, sales around your product or service that you believe in. And like like you said, Daniel, that is an obligation to to serve the people in front of you. Um, I just love that perspective. Exactly. I love it. We'll keep this up. We'll keep doing what we're doing because it's our moral obligation to make success Mm -hmm. a little bit more open source. We'll be ended with that, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Catch you all in the next one. See you. Hey, thanks for watching the Success Open Source Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to subscribe and join the community. Until next time, take care and let's all make success a little more open source.